Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben. Welcome to episode 346 of the podcast. It is August 24th, 2019. Joining me today is Mark Ryan. He is a transformation coach and a Lean Six Sigma black belt at Franciscan Health in Indiana. Mark is going to be one of the hosts and facilitators at our upcoming Kaizen Live site visit event at Franciscan St. Francis Health there in Indianapolis. There are only two spots remaining. It's a small group of 25 um, for the site visit. So um, I would encourage you to register today if you would still like to join us. You can learn more and find the link for the registration by going to kaizenlive.com. But as we talk about in the episode, Franciscan does much more than daily Kaizen now. They've built upon their foundation of staff engagement through Kaizen to add other lean practices, other the banner of what they call Managing for Daily Improvement, or MDI. They also use strategy deployment and other management methods to help align the organization in their goals and improvement efforts. And you can, again, see and you know really get a sense of what this culture of continuous improvement is like at Franciscan. But I hope you enjoy the discussion, whether you're joining us in Indianapolis or not, um, if, if you're not able to attend this year, um, we, we do aim to do these site visits every year. This is our fourth out of five years that we've done it. I'm sure we're going to do it again. Um, so thanks to Mark for his role and Joe Schwartz and others um, for their help in hosting this visit. We do mention Joe Schwartz in the podcast. He's my um, collaborator on this effort. He's my co-author for the Healthcare Kaizen books. If you want to listen to some podcasts with Joe talking about um, Kaizen at Franciscan, you can find those uh, as episodes 187 and 299. You can find those by going to leanblog.org slash 187 or leanblog.org slash 299. If you want to find the page for this episode, you can go to leanblog.org slash 346. Well, again, we are joined today by Mark Ryan. Mark, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Mark? I'm doing great. I'm glad you could join us um, here on the podcast. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you again there at Franciscan in October. Um, before we you know, talk about what you're doing there, um, can you start off by introducing yourself to the audience? You know, Talk a little bit about your background and your career, what you were doing before you ended up working in healthcare. Sure. Well, first of all, my name is Mark Ryan, and I'm a transformation coach at Franciscan Health. Um, it's a healthcare system that has about 14 hospitals spanning across Indiana and Illinois. Uh, my background is from industry automotive. Um, I worked with a couple of the, probably if you think of the largest used car automotive retailers out there, that's who I worked with, and that's where I first had my uh, exposure to lean practices. Uh, I would say about in the early 2000s, uh, one of those places decided to, even though they had the most market share, really outpace their competition by discovering lean within their system. So they hired in some senseis, and I was lucky enough to go learn from those senseis, and a switch was turned on for me there, and I've been doing this type of work ever since, and I was able to go to subsequent uh, used car retailers and kind of spearhead uh, lean within those systems. So that was quite an exciting opportunity. So um, a couple things is uh, I think that's really neat for myself is that I've gone through two really large transformations with organizations that didn't have any exposure to lean. And then with working on used vehicles, instead of the assembly line, there's tremendous uh, variability in that. Uh, you could have any make, model, year of car with any amount of things wrong with them, kind of like uh, the human body. So the, the transition to healthcare was a little bit easier in that sense, in that we, you know, sometimes you have to overcome the arguments in healthcare. Well, we're not an assembly line and we're not sticking a widget A and cog B together, and right. I totally understand that. So yeah. uh, being able to go through those transformations and, and being exposed to the variability in my background, I think, has been helpful for what I'm doing now. 
Yeah, because I'm, I'm I'm sure there were discussions around um, as as you raised the issue, um, you know, the dealer environment being different than an assembly line. And sure enough, and yeah, you know, sometimes I hear people say, and 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 generally, you know, to be fair to them, this, these these are people who really have never worked in manufacturing. But you've probably heard this: people will say things like, "Well, you know, lean would be easy if we were just cranking out ten thousand identical widgets every day." I'm like, well, even most factories aren't. <laughs> So simple as to be cranking out identical widgets. Car plants don't, you know, manufacturing environments that aren't assembly lines aren't uh, aren't cranking out the widgets. But um, I'm curious if, if you want to elaborate on that or maybe just I'd also be curious to hear some of your thoughts to your point about what is it like starting from scratch with lean? Sure. I mean, that is, you know, those are arguments uh, that we do hear a lot in healthcare uh, when we're first exposing lean to healthcare. Um, I've even, even seen having to overcome that objective in job descriptions. So that's uh, pretty neat. I think, uh, like you said, it's not even in manufacturing where there's just no variability. There's always variability somewhere. It's, I think it's just hard for uh, someone in healthcare to accept someone outside of healthcare. And I think for me, being able to articulate, hey, you know, there's different years, makes models of vehicles, any number of things could be wrong with them and getting them to agree to that and helping them to see is for me how I connect, uh, you know, that that story to help overcome that objection. Yeah. So, yeah, um, um, but it, it's a different experience um, trying to help. I've been part of this in manufacturing and in healthcare. It, it's it's a different set of experiences starting from scratch than it is coming in part way through a lean effort or working in a place that's already as easily as this can be defined already pretty lean or already down that lean journey. What, what are some of your other recollections around some of the challenges or lessons about starting from scratch? Well, um, with the first organization, what was real nice is they were committed from the top at the very beginning. Um, so by the time I joined the team, there was already that commitment. They had already hired the senseis and an exorbitant amount of money. Um, so that was nice to have that commitment level. I think when I was, uh, when I approached the second organization that really had no exposure to it, it was just getting that buy-in at the top to be committed to it uh, and to, you know, practice patience through that journey. Uh, Cause it is, it is difficult to start from scratch because you have to, uh, raise awareness as to what lean is, what the tools and methodologies are, start the implementation of it. And as you know, you don't see results in the first year or so. Uh, so you will get some of that questioning like, hey, does lean work? And I, and I got a lot of that in my past. And my answer would be, yes, lean works is the question should be, can we make it work here? Mm-hmm. And that, you know, I always put that challenge back to whoever it was that I was talking to in leadership. So, um, you know, if, if there's enough stick to in in the organization, I, I think um, the lean journey will be successful. So, uh, but it is quite the challenge to get people kind of bought in throughout the organization at first. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, you raise a good another good point. I mean, I, I people on LinkedIn and, and different places and and uh, you know talk about lean failures or lean failure rates. And then you know, part of the discussion is, well, what's the operational definition of failure? And there, there's a, a guy, I you know, Steve Luschel, who's, who's written a book um, about why, why lean fails. And I'm going to have him on the podcast here soon. Um, but I, I think you said it really well, maybe to paraphrase or a different, you know, similar way of looking at it is lean fails when people give up. You're either working on it or you've given up. It seems like at a high level, those are the only two conditions. Like you said, you've got to stick with it. It's going to be a challenge. Are you figuring out how to make it work or have you given up, right? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So when you talk about that commitment from the top, um, maybe last question about the car dealer environment, like what, what were the motivations? You said the commitment was there. What were, what were they trying to accomplish through Lane? Well, and it's probably typical of any any business where you want to have the most market share. Um, I think with the first organization, like I said, they they were already leaps and bounds over other um, used car retailers. Uh, they just really wanted to uh, distance themselves from any competition. And I think with the second one, is <laughs> the second uh, business that I went to is they wanted to close that gap. So 
you know, driving out waste and uh, within the organization and, and being able to deliver a product at a lower price point uh, was the name of the game there. So it, it was all really driven by competition. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. And, and, and making the business stronger. I mean, I've, I've always said, you know, if we're talking, well, why, why you, why you want to, if the focus is on quote unquote, implementing lean, well, why are you implementing lean? Because we have to implement lean or because others are implementing lean. I think that's kind of, that's putting the cart before the horse. It, it should be driven by, um, com- like you said, competitive pressures, customer needs, maybe to transition to healthcare a little bit. There's no shortage of needs in healthcare, patient focused needs, staff focused needs, competitiveness needs. Um, so maybe you can touch on, you know, elaborate on, on some of that, the needs and the reasons why, but, you know, I did want to ask you, you know, how and how and when and why did you um, start working in healthcare, making that transition? Um, well, I had worked in the automotive industry uh, for, you know, all my vocation up until that point, And my, my resume was pretty heavily typecasted within automotive. And I felt uh, that I had done what I could and I wanted to be challenged in new ways. And um, what what better way to switch from, you know, the automotive industry into healthcare? And of course, uh, there's a big drive from healthcare to get people from industry to come in and help out with process improvement. So I just took the opportunity to come into an environment where I literally know nothing about it and try to apply my skill sets, um, you know, have me kind of a symbiotic relationship, have me uh, tell them about the tools and methodologies within lean and have them tell me about healthcare. And it's yeah. been a really great experience so far. Um, it's really uh, freeing, I think, within lean when you honestly don't know the answers. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's where the mindsets and problem solving methodologies and skills can help us work with people to figure it out together instead of saying, I've got the answer, let's just go implement it. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Um, so what was the time frame of, of you getting into healthcare? Well, I've been with Franciscan now for about four and a half years. Yeah. And you, you mentioned, you know, the, the pull from outsiders. Listeners probably know I started my career in manufacturing. Um, your, your colleague, Joe Schwartz, um, you know, my, my healthcare Kaizen co-author. Um, Joe started his career in manufacturing. A lot of people working in healthcare um, have that background. And, and so Franciscan, you know, that, you know, from Joe's influence and the impact Joe has had, um, the organization was already open to that. Um, uh, you know, unfortunately, so, you know, I've talked to a lot of people who've really wanted to get into healthcare and have, have found that to be a real um, uh, challenge, other organizations not being as open to outsiders. But I, I was wondering if you could comment a little bit within your team of, of people working on um, you're still using the, the banner business transformation at Franciscan. Is that right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, of, of the people working as coaches and uh, leaders within business transformation, yeah, there, there's a mix of people with different backgrounds. Could you, could you talk, share a little bit about that and maybe what it's like to have that diversity of backgrounds? Yeah, absolutely. And I think our mix is pretty good. I mean, if I had to guess, I would say our extended team of about 16 business transformation folks are uh, about half and half, uh, half from industry, outside industry, and mm-hmm. half that, uh, you know, just came through the ranks within healthcare. Um, on our local team here, we have uh, about three folks from healthcare and, and two from outside industry. Yeah. And I think that that balance is, is probably necessary yeah. uh, to get, get some movement within uh, healthcare. I, I agree. And um whatever the proportion is, 50-50, 60-40, either direction. To your point, there's a lot that people can learn from each other. Um, I've, when I, you know, when, I've, when I work in healthcare and get the opportunity to learn from nurses or medical technologists or, you know, to learn the thought processes that they were taught and the focus that they have, I'm never going to be a clinician. And I, I, but I enjoy learning about um, their their ways of solving problems and um, learning about the clinical and the caring aspect of of um, of healthcare and 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 it's great when people in healthcare are also willing to learn um, 
from, from people from other industries or people with methodologies uh, like Lean and with Six Sigma. Now, you, your certification, you, you talked about Lean and the car dealerships. You, you have training and certification in Lean Six Sigma, right? Correct, yes. Yeah. Now, my, my original training um, was from sensei's that were brought into the organization. Uh, I did things like standing in Ono Circle uh, for an extended period of time, writing standard work in pencil, doing that type of stuff. And at, at the end of that time, which was about a year and a half of training, uh, I didn't get any certificate for that, although I had the, the training for it. So um, my, I guess, uh, quote unquote, official training is through Purdue. I did a two and a half year study through Purdue and their Lean Six mm-hmm. Sigma program to get a black belt. Yeah. And then those consultants you're mentioning, it sounds like that was very classically, very um, Toyota style. I'm, I'm sure the focus there, it was, it was, it was, were they calling it lean or were they calling it TPS? They, they probably, it wasn't, probably was not under the banner of lean six Sigma under those coaches, right? Correct. Yes. It, yeah. They, they didn't refer to it as lean at all. Right. It was just the, their way of, of doing it. And it was a very Eastern uh, way of learning, I would say. Um, and at the time, I wasn't as appreciative of it um, while going through it. But uh, afterwards, I learned more in that span of time than I had since. <laughs> so, did, did they did they have a, a term or a label for it <laughs> that they were helping you with? Uh, no, they didn't. Really? They didn't. Yeah. What What did the organization call it? Did Did they call it lean? Uh, no, they had a, they had an acronym for it, you know, kind of like, like a TPS, a three letter acronym for it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So at Franciscan, um, across those hospitals, there's, there's terminology and and I ask you to elaborate on some of the terminology, uh, business transformation, Kaizen, uh, MDI managing for daily improvement, that that's your the acronym and phrase you use there, right? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the daily improvement or, you know, MDI or I, there, there's variations of, of different terms and, and or, that organizations use to sort of describe the same lean management system or um, what, what have you. But um, can, can you talk first a little bit about what, what does the phrase business transformation mean as a high level label at Franciscan? Uh, it's, uh, funny that you brought that up. We were just talking about that yesterday and, um, it, business transformation is transforming the way we look at business. So we're, we're not called you know, PI folks here or PI consultants or system redesign. Uh, although those would, would fit as well. Um, we want to fundamentally transform the way, uh, we look at business, the way we approach business, the way we do business. So, that's that's why we're titled business transformation, um, and I, my personal title here is a transformation coach. So I help coach mm-hmm. people into you know transforming their thought processes. Yeah, and that, and that probably leads to discussion or people ask, well, what does that mean to transform, and what does it mean to fundamentally transform? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the you have that banner uh, of trying to transform the organization, and there's probably many components to that, but can you talk about the approach to Kaizen? Um, when, when I first started visiting Franciscan, um, there, there, there was, and there remains, um, you know, this, this heavy focus on engaging people in small improvements. Joe and I, Joe Schwartz and I have talked on podcasts before about the influence of Norman Bodek and, and Norm's quick and easy Kaizen approach, trying to create a culture of continuous improvement. Um, before we talk about MDI, can can you share, you know, your your observations or reflections? This this Kaizen process, this this uh, path uh, working toward a culture of continuous improvement was those wheels are already in motion when you joined the organization. So you know, it wasn't exactly starting from scratch. What what are your reflections or observations about what that means? That daily Kaizen process. Yeah, I, I mean, just that. When I came into the organization, uh, very heavily steeped in uh, small changes for the better, implementing Kaizen. I mean, just throughout the organization, every every 
staff member knows what Kaizen is, what it means, and how to engage in it. Uh, we have a system here with, within Franciscan for people to be able to enter in their Kaizens, to vet them out, to test them. All of that stuff was already implemented before uh, I came in and joined the organization. But coming into the organization and just seeing this culture of Kaizen already here was very exciting because, you know, once that culture is established, I think it's very easy uh, to build on that. So um, I'm thankful that, you know, that Joe and others have established that here prior prior to my arrival. Um, and that has really helped us leverage what we do today with with MDI or, or any other lean method uh, going forward with having that foundation there. Yeah. So you're talking about foundation. Um, and one thing I've been struck by, and, and, and this will help transition also to talk about the MDI approach. And, and, and again, you know, people will be able to see um, all of this in action. If, um, if you come participate in the site visit that we call Kaizen Live. Um, so again, you can go to kaizenlive.com um, to learn more about that. But you, know, you talk about um, that already being established. I've been impressed by sort of the approach or the mindset of continuously improving the continuous improvement process. Can, can you talk a little bit about that, either in terms of refinement, improvement, evolution of the Kaizen process, or it's up to you. Do you want to transition into talking about how MDI is an evolution or, or builds upon um, the Kaizen work? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, for MDI, really what we're doing is, is we're articulating strategy from our leadership and having staff drive tactics um, to move the needle on some strategy and getting them to do that has been um, probably easier with this foundation of Kaizen, I suppose. Um, when staff is already engaged in making improvements, it's just a, a natural next step or progression to put more scientific thinking maybe around that or a little bit more structure in our MDI process. That. Uh, that's the type of feedback that we've gotten from units was um, they felt like they were already dipping their toes into this type of work as, yeah. as a next progression from the Kaizen uh, work that's been established already here. Um, so, I mean, while MDI spread has had its, had its difficulties and still has its challenges, I think without having that Kaizen, without um, getting our whole staff involved in making improvements, uh, this would have been a, a lar longer road to, road to haul. So um, this is, it's helped out tremendously. Yeah. And I mean that, and that that sort of falls in line um, with, you know, with classic advice given by uh, Masaki Amai, the author of the book Kaizen, and psychologists like Robert Moore, who I've had on the podcast here, talking about the psychology of Kaizen. Uh, you know, on some level, at some point, you just you have to start and engage people. Um, it, it doesn't matter what they're doing and how they're doing it, but start engaging them, get them, you know, lower the bar, um, reduce risk or fear by working on small changes. And, you know, that, that advice or that model says, if, if, if you don't have engagement, you know, if you don't start that engagement process, you won't, or, or that, you know, it's hard to jump from starting from scratch to a really refined rigorous model. Um, I know Franciscan and Joe both talked about taking baby steps as, as, as an approach. What, what, what are your thoughts or reflections on that idea? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, no, no judgment on what type of improvement you're making, right. As long as you're attempting and trying to make that. So, um, you know, I think for us or for any organization, you know, having a small group of people doing large project work just creates constraint within the organization. So the Kaizen approach and getting everybody involved and making small change where they're at uh, can help you, you know, help your organization drive change quicker. Um, and then you start to see as people are doing changes, small changes, uh, those small changes uh, over time grow. Uh, into medium-sized initiatives is kind of where we're at, and that's where we laid the MDI uh, piece on top of that. Uh, but you could see the confidence build uh, in the frontline staff as they're making changes, as their ideas are being implemented, as we're celebrating those ideas being implemented uh, throughout the organization. 
Yeah. And, and one thing I've always been impressed of what Joe and other leaders at Franciscan have tried to build is this culture of, um, you know, finding the, 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 the balance or the sweet spot where you want to encourage people to try, but there's this middle ground. It, it's not a blank check or a, to spend whatever you want or to, to kind of, you know, go take wild, irresponsible risks. And generally people in healthcare are cautious, but um, it, you know, finding this balance of how do you coach, how do you have dialogue, um, how, how do you have a collaborative discussion that, that um, doesn't make people defensive or disengaged to, so that they can build confidence, try something, see if it works, evaluate if the change is really an improvement. And, and if not, okay, we learned from it, go on and try something else. I mean, like, to, to me, my, my impressions of the, the Franciscan Kaizen model is that it, it's, 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 a, it's good cycles of plan, do, study, adjust. And other elements of lean management are cycles of plan, do, study, adjust, maybe with a, you know, a different level of, of rigor or detail to it. What, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. And, this, you know, that's what we do here. We use the PDSA cycles, but the, it, all, it does involve a lot of reflection. Um, we like to ask the question a lot, how might we, um, to properly scope down, you know, if someone mm-hmm. uh, wants something that's too large of a change, um, we, don't, we don't discourage that in any way, but we ask, you know, a series of questions. And one of our favorites is how might we, you know, how might we do this maybe yeah. on a, a smaller scale or a smaller test of change uh, with this shift on this unit? Yeah. So can, can we delve a little bit more into MDI? You, know, you, you said it starts with strategy and, and focusing on, um, I'm paraphrasing, you know, it seems like the, the idea is focusing on the needs of the organization, not just implementing methods. But what are some of the methods and the mindsets that you teach and, and practice under that banner of MDI? Well, we use... Um we're trying to drive strategy um, and we use some visual management pieces. Uh, probably you like you've seen in other healthcare systems um, or out in industry, but we use some visual management pieces to really articulate what, what is the strategy that we're trying to drive. And then we, uh, through the nursing shared governance, uh, through representative staff, uh, we work with them to help them uh, create tactics that will drive strategy through using a PDSA model um, and just, you know, having them use these visual management pieces, which ultimately breaks down into a, a, a daily huddle board where they can stand in front of that and understand whether they're winning or losing each day with some kind of process measure that's driving a, a larger outcome. Uh, so, Really, uh, it, it's a system that uses visual management. We're driving tactics, and then we also invite leadership to come and look at uh, maybe on a, a monthly basis or, or biweekly basis how well the unit's doing and how they're problem-solving and how they're driving change. Yeah. So is a lot of what you're doing, I mean, some other organizations, and, and I know you from your uh, exposure to other organizations, um, uh, a lot of people would use a phrase like leader standard work or standard work for leaders. That That's a different way of describing some of what's going on under the MDI label, right? Yes. Yeah. So there, yeah, there's a bunch of, um, bunch of stuff that's going on under the MDI label. So really within business transformation, we're doing strategy to planning and deployment, value stream transformation and the MDI. But even within the MDI, we have, advisory councils, leader standard work. We got standard work for uh, the frontline staff. We're using, uh, like I said, different boards. We have a Gemba board, a continuous improvement board, huddle boards. Um, We're doing audits. We're making sure we're celebrating uh, and communicating what our changes are to staff. Um, There's a a lot to it, um, but we try to break it down into smaller pieces so it's uh, more digestible for staff when we're going through that. And it was, is that, that was, so that was part of the uh, adoption or implementation or spread strategy to break it into those smaller pieces. Can you talk more yeah. about that? For, for the spread piece, you know, we recognize there's other systems that are, are doing this type of work. 
so we studied that type of work and we wanted to be real careful. I know this is said a lot, but we wanted to be real careful not to copy and paste someone else's system uh, into ours. Uh, so we spent about a year, I would say a year and a half in a model area, just trying to develop what those visual management pieces would look like, what they would house, um, and really trying to understand. So we've gone through several iterations of our visual management pieces, of our A3s, um, of our approach to when we meet together. Uh, So we landed finally on something that we felt like works, is pretty intuitive and makes sense for staff, and then we spread we did spread from there. So today we're in all inpatient units. Um, our team is a very small team, uh, but we were able to get to all inpatient units uh, this year. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit more, you know, sort of try to paint a picture of, um, and again, it'd, so, it'd be a more vivid picture when you see it in person. <laughs> uh, yeah. I had a chance to uh, to see two years ago. Um, I'm, I'm really interested to see how, it's evolved and, and spread when, when I'll be back there. So let me mention again um, what we call the Kaizen Live event. Maybe we, we just need to call it Franciscan Live because it's not just Kaizen. It's now um, <laughs> Kaizen and MDI. But you can go to kaizenlive.com if you want to learn more. We, we still have a couple of spots left in uh, this, this event that, that is, again, um, almost full. Um, but can you try to paint a picture you know, when, when you, you coach leaders – and you ask them to go and see, and you've got the boards. And, um, you know, Kaizen has been very, in- or Franciscan has been intentional about talking about behaviors for leaders related to Kaizen. What are some of the behaviors that you would hope to see when leaders go and see? Well, we, um, we, have a, we actually have a leadership development matrix. So we've kind of ask ourselves the question, what do we want from leaders uh, as we go through this process? Um, so there are, we keep track of different things that we'd like them to do, whether it's, uh, you know, becoming informed about uh, Kaizen and, and reading maybe a book like Healthcare Kaizen or something like that. Uh, but we, we track their progress and learning on a, on a matrix. Uh, we ask them to go through lean training uh, we have some workshops available for that. And then we have some workshops available specifically for the MDI process. Um, some other things that we expect maybe from the leaders is, you know, for them to understand stand leader standard work and to attend Gimba walks. So uh, we do have great participation with our leaders and they are very involved with coming to uh, those MDI pieces or those boards uh, looking at those, being able to understand what's going on in what unit very quickly, um, and being able to understand how staff is driving tactics to move the needle in those metrics. Yeah. One other thing I was hoping um, you, you could tell us a little bit more about, there's that foundation of Kaizen as PDSA cycles. You mentioned strategy deployment, which I, I would argue is um, a higher level organizational um, PDSA cycle or, you know, longer cycles. And then you mentioned A3s and, and I think I'm sure a lot of the audience is familiar with A3 problem solving and, and, and that approach, which is arguably uh, a, a different form of, of PDSA. Can you talk about as this has evolved, how do Kaizen, if you will, to use Norm's term again, quick and easy Kaizen, smaller Kaizens, just do it. How, how does that coexist with um, the A3 rigor? Well, it's um, a good question. So we, we practice Lean Six Sigma here. So really, uh, when we're, we're doing our training, we say, you know, some of the m- methods for problem solving that we have um, include Kaizen, our PDSA cycles, and potentially uh, DMAIC. So uh, we tend to say that the closer we are to certainty and the closer we are to agreement, basically the the easier it is, the, the quicker, the, the just do it type stuff, that's Kaizen. So does, it, does this affect me and my world and what I do on a day-to-day basis? Will it improve what I'm doing? Yes. Can I implement it fairly easily? Yes. Does it have a huge impact on staff? Do we need to change anything or, or, or write anything out? No. Well, then let's, let's just do a quick, quick and easy Kaizen. That's not to say that a Kaizen couldn't be very large or a domain couldn't be small, 
this is just a rule of thumb. So the more we radiate out from certainty and agreement, if it's bigger than just my personal work and it now involves maybe uh, the whole unit being able to participate and or we're writing some kind of standard work for this, um, we apply that PDSA cycle uh, to these larger uh, improvements. Um, and then again, as we radiate out even further from certainty and agreement, um, if it's something enterprise-wide, we might consider, you know, a problem-solving approach like a demand. So is is the so you mentioned PDSA and then you mentioned DMAIC, which um, I guess most listeners would know from Six Sigma or Lean Six Sigma. Are are your A threes structured around the DMAIC framework, uh, which is arguably a variation? Uh, on PDSA? Yep. Yeah, yep. Uh, our, our A3s house uh, our PDSA and or demand. And or, is, and is that, depend, is that sometimes a matter of preference or whether or not somebody has had Lean Six Sigma training versus just the, the, the Kaizen and A3 training? I would say what, what dictates which one we use is probably the scope of what we're trying to do. Okay. Um, and, the, the, and the sensitivity of what we're trying to do. I would say for a large part, maybe 98% of what we do is all PDSA reflected on our A3s. Oh, okay. And um, maybe it's just one other question, um, you know, cause I've met, uh, I know Joe has a background in both Lean and Six Sigma. Uh, when I've had a chance to visit and I've blogged about her, one of the highlights has been uh, meeting um, one, one of the nuns their sister Martha Ann, um, you know, she, who who has the Lean Six Sigma green belt and um, has presented about um, problem solving and improvement and statistics and how she encourages others. Um, how how is is uh, you know the Six Sigma side of Lean Six Sigma becoming more prevalent, or, or is are, are there pockets of it? Um, does it depend on the situation? Call in someone like yourself who's a black belt. Yeah, I would say it's situational. Um, I would say four and a half years ago when I came into the organization, they were they were heavily on the Six Sigma portion. Mm-hmm. So they had uh, a lot of outside training coming in uh, and give them the, the Six Sigma piece. Joe has been here with the Kaizen piece, but I think the Kaizen piece is probably where Lean stopped um, prior to my arrival. And I'd say over the last four and a half years, just here at Franciscan, we see a, a, a pretty big shift from more of the Six Sigma methodologies to more of the Lean methodologies. So I would say the, the majority of what we do is, is more on the Lean side. Uh, we still consider ourselves Lean Six Sigma organizations, so we haven't, you know, jettisoned the, the DMAIC or sure. uh, approach, uh, but we still have that within our toolbox if necessary. Yeah. Yeah, and and the approaches you know can can coexist. And it's just interesting to see, um, if you will, the variations. Some organizations that label what they're doing lean Six Sigma are ninety percent Six Sigma. It's predominantly Six Sigma with a little bit of lean. Um, I, I'm not asking you to put numbers on it, but it sounds like there there are Franciscan. The balance is is different. There's a lot of lean practice with some Six Sigma practices as are helpful as opposed to trying to train everybody and certify everybody in a belt, right? Correct. Yeah. We, yeah, we, we lean more towards the lean side now. <laughs> uh, I would say we're about 90% uh, lean. I, I, I think that the organization, um, as they're exposed more and more to just the lean tools and methodologies, the, the philosophy behind lean, uh, uh-huh. they're jazzed about that. Um, it really resonates. Um, I think lean really resonates. It's a little bit more, more agile than the demaic. Um, and that with, along with nurses thinking processes lines up a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you still, you have maybe the doctors who are a little bit more scientific minded, um, but with the staff, you see a real, their upbringing and their training is, you know, life or death decision. We're thinking really quickly um, and, you know, going through cycles of change that are a little bit smaller on the, PDSA scale uh, really, yeah. I think, lines up a little bit better with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there are times where, you know, I think A3, the structure of A3 problem solving, organizations that really use Toyota Kata can 
um, find that that resonates with with docs and scientists as well as sort of having a structured way of framing and posing and testing different hypotheses about change. Yeah. So I was asked, um, you mentioned earlier that, you know, when, when, when it was sort of, um, you know, all Kaizen approach that that was a good foundation, that it made it easier to build upon that engagement and participation with MDI. If, let's say your organization comes and visits and, and sees what you're doing where Kaizen and MDI, um, you know, coexist. And, and Joe and I have been talking about some of the prep. We're going to see some areas where it's very Kaizen heavy. I think one department that's really predominantly MDI focused, some organizations that are doing both um, maybe you know, more, more even balance. Um, so that, you know, we'll, we'll see some of that variation and how it evolves, but let's say an organization comes and says, well, I'm really jazzed about, Kaizen and MDI, and I want to go implement that all next month. Would you, would you recommend? Hey, do what think do what you think works. Uh, don't copy and paste. Do your own pilot. Would you suggest? Well, maybe you should take baby steps and start with Kaizen. Um, I know it's hard to give blanket advice, maybe, but what are your thoughts on that? Right, I, I probably would advise both. Um, you know, do what works for your system. But my, my personal recommendation would be you know, start with that Kaizen foundation. I think for, uh, for me here coming into this and having that foundation, I think it's, it's really helped the progression of, of the MDI. So that would be my advice. Uh, how that looks in another system could be totally different, but getting people used to doing small tests to change, uh, small improvements, uh, and building their confidence and uh, then developing more and more structure around that as the confidence builds, I think is a, is a really good approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we talk about the spread and the adoption of MDI um, and, and earlier we talked about challenges and the idea of how might we, what, what are some of the things on your mind and, and the mind of others there about challenges with the further spread and evolution of MDI, what what sort of how might we questions are you asking about that? I, I think for just us here, uh, the, the challenges that we probably run into is uh, maybe resourcing of, of our department, uh, and you know we could spread a mile wide and inch deep, uh, but when you do that, there's some risk, you know, in sustainability. So, uh, do you want to just stay with? You know, you wanted to go inch wide and a mile deep. Uh, would that be better? So we're we're trying to really figure out some of that um, without having the resources to kind of come in and just train everybody and get everybody up to speed. You know, uh, that that I would say is a, a risk. Um, there's something to look at. Um, trying to think of what other you know, it's all getting your uh, executive buy-in. Senior leader buy-in, I think, is super important for this. Um, having them help promote, uh, I think we've run into some struggle in the past because we we really started with the middle management and tried to radiate out uh, both ways. And I, I think if there's not a, an, a, an interest from upstairs, then you might not have uh, people that are managing through the process, or when they come up with to obstacles. Uh, they may be a little bit more resistant to to persevere through those. So getting the energy from the, the top-level management, uh, understanding the spread or the spread for your organization, I think is super important so that you don't run yourself too, thin too quickly. Agreed. And, you know, during the site visit, one of the things I'm excited about, there's a lot of things I'm excited about it. This will be my fourth time hoping to organize one of these events. It'll probably be my sixth or seventh or maybe eighth visit overall in the last 10 years. And, you know, for one, it, it's energizing. Um, the, the, the people at Franciscan are really open um, about sharing, but it, it, it comes from such a humility. This is not a place to come and find people who say, well, we've got it all figured out. You, we're awesome. You need to just follow us. Um, so I, I always admire and appreciate that. And, you know, when we have these, these sessions, we'll, we'll go and see and do Gemba visits in different departments, um, pharmacy, NICU, endoscopy, and uh, general medical inpatient unit. Um, we'll, we'll talk to leaders and staff. We'll have people 
um, leaders from different levels of the organization come talk to us. Um, and then there's, there's going to be that learning and sharing. We've got people coming from across the U.S. and some people coming from Canada, um, you know, to, to learn and share their own experiences about what are they doing to get their leaders involved. And, and I know um, I, the, 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 the Franciscan people will be in those discussions looking to learn as much as they are um, trying to share. So those are the, some of the things I'm looking forward to. Is there anything, Mark, you know, you've, been, you've participated and helped facilitate some of these. Is there anything in particular? I'm sure there is. So what, what, what are you looking forward to uh, with an event like this? No, I, I, all the things that you just mentioned, I'm looking forward to as well. I think, um, I think for those who are coming, uh, I, I think they'll, they'll benefit greatly from seeing, I know I always benefit when I go to see uh, another place um, and I, you know, you're in the environment, you can look at what they're doing, you can ask questions. Um, for myself, uh, whenever we have guests come in at these Kaizen live events, I always tend to probably, I, I might get a little bit more from them than they get from us. I don't know, but I, yeah. you know, it's just, you know, just meeting with uh, some new folks from different regions and, and, and inquiring what they're doing, having them uh, be able to look at what we're doing and speak maybe specifically to maybe how we can make some improvements to what we do um, and how they may do, be doing it a little bit differently. So mm -hmm. I think we, we definitely benefit as an organization by getting to host these events as well with you. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to the time spent together and for those who are coming. Yeah. Well, thank you. And, and thanks for, thanks in advance for what's going to be a great couple of days together. Um, one of the things we're going to do um, to help structure some of the, the networking and the discussion, we're going to use an approach um, called lean coffee. And Mark, I was going to ask you, you, um, I, I'll, I'll let you tell the, tell the story and correct me. You, you've started or you, you run or, participate or all of the above in a group called Lean Coffee Indie. Can you talk a little bit about that? And if people listening are local to you, um, how, how can they get involved in this? Sure. Um, Lean Coffee, uh, it's, it's, I think it's worldwide. It's across cities uh, mm -hmm. in, within the nation, uh, started by Jim Benson. Um, and really, it's, a, it's just a way to have uh, a networking event. Uh, we have it here in Indy. Um, we get together. We currently do it with healthcare um, improvement science folks within our area. Uh, we'll meet maybe once a quarter, uh, and we do what's called that lean coffee portion, which is it's kind of an agendaless, uh, uh, multi-voting process where you you think about topics to talk about, you vote on those topics, and then have some time discussions around those topics. Uh, hopefully, get a you know a nice smaller uh, group size together to have some really good dialogue, mm -hmm. and uh, then we report out on you know some maybe ahas that we've had uh, during that time together to the the extended group. So. Uh, here in Indy, like I said, we host that about once once a quarter. Uh, we just had one a couple weeks ago. Um, usually, we try to go to a different healthcare facility each time. And this last one, we went to a lot of the topics of discussion. A lot of the posts that we see is about executive buy-in. So we had uh, an executive panel. Uh, we had seven executives from different healthcare systems come and sit and. Uh, answer questions. So that was really fun. So we had seven executives and about 70 attendees come to our last one. And uh, if there's anyone in the Indianapolis area that's interested, we do have a group on LinkedIn called uh, Lean Coffee Indy. So you can look us up that way. All right. So it's great that you're doing that. And, and thank you for sharing a little bit more about that and, and for participating um, in, in that during uh, the, the event, again, we're going to have to maybe think about renaming it. We're calling it Kaizen Live. Um, there's so much good stuff to look and see um, and, and learn from and, and, and at Franciscan St. Francis Health. Um, again, the event's being held in Indianapolis. Um, the main days of the site visit are October 3rd and 4th. We'll get to look at and talk about practices, everything Mark talked about here, Kaizen, MDI, A3, engaging leaders, strategy deployment, um, how this all fits together. We also have an optional Kaizen class on October 2nd that Joe and I 
will be um, co-facilitating and, and about half of the attendees um, have, have um, chosen to take that option. So, you know, it's a, a small intimate event. It's not a big mega conference. We only have room for 25 people. Um, at, at, at the time of this recording, there's, there's five spots left. So if you're interested, I would encourage you to go ahead and um, take a look at uh, the webpage and the registration page, kaizenlive.com. Um, but uh, Mark, I mean, to give you the last word, is, is there any other kind of advice or, or thought that's on your mind here that, that you'd want to share um, with healthcare leaders or even people back in industry, um, kind of other, other lessons or reflections related um, to what you've learned and done and practiced during your career? Well, you know, during my career, I made that switch from industry into healthcare. So, uh, you know, some advice would be is don't be afraid to step out and try something new and something different, um, something that, that continuously challenges you. And that's really what we're asking um, our staff to do is to be challenged and to think differently. So I think that goes the same for us. Uh, uh, you know, if you're listening out there and you're wondering about the Kaizen Live event, I would challenge you to come out and, and see what's going on. Um, uh, maybe thinking about Kaizen a little bit differently. I know that when I came into healthcare, just uh, the Kaizen approach that was already established here um, based off of, you know, the work that you and Joe have done uh, was a really good foundational piece. Um, so I would challenge, you know, folks listening out there, if, if you don't have uh, sophisticated lean systems and wherever you're working, maybe start small, start with uh, this Kaizen approach and, and getting your whole, leveraging your whole staff to, to really get involved with improving what, the, what it is that they do. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Mark, for, for sharing that and everything you've talked about um, today. Again, our guest has been Mark Ryan. He's a transformation coach at Franciscan Health uh, based in Indianapolis. Uh, Mark, really looking forward to seeing you in October and you know, looking forward to continuing the learning and the, the conversation and the collaboration. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.